Called by God, we gather in God's name, who is creator, redeemer, saving grace. Amen. Gathering God. You know us by name. You know us by more than just our name. You know every part of our being. You know us when we are most available to you and when we try to hide. You know us by the work of our hands and the labor of our hearts. You know us by the wince of our face and the dart of our eyes. You know where we look and why. You know us in the sunlight and in the deep of the dark. You know us fully clothed and you know us barefoot. Know us now. Amen. Would you pray? Now, Holy One, calm us in worship. Look upon us with mercy. Look into us with your grace. Look through us and the shields we hold up. Look around us and forgive the litter of our ways. Look now at our past, our present, and the time to come, and grant us your calm. Amen. Please be seated. I believe the word becomes flesh and dwells among us, in us, and through us. The word is never finished with us after just one reading. It has barely started with us at two readings. It sinks deeper into our very soul at the third and fourth readings. I confess to you that I'm not very good at eye contact. Some of you are fabulous communicators through your eyes. I'm not certain how I inherited the trait of not having good eye contact. Perhaps I developed it as a child alongside my ability to lie. To lie about too many things. And then when my mother would ask me, she would look me in the eye and say, look me in the eye and tell the truth. And when I did look her in the eye, it didn't make the truth any easier to speak. A poet writes, the eyes are windows of the heart, wherein transparency will show, a myriad of feelings to impart, from wherein sadness and tears do flow. The eyes will say contents of the heart, the speech two lovers freely speak. The eyes are windows of all who care. Our reading for this day, an excerpt from Genesis 21 and 22. And it came to pass within a year that God remembered Sarah, and she give, gave birth to Isaac. Now I know why God made me laugh, said Sarah, cradling the baby in her arms. It was so all the world could hear my laughter and share my joy. Abraham and Sarah loved Isaac very much. Each day they thanked God for their wonderful son, the precious gift he had given to them. 
Even so, God decided to test Abraham's faith. God tested Abraham in a way he had tested no other man. He said to Abraham, you must take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, to the land of Moriah. There, you must kill him and offer him as a sacrifice to the Lord. My son, said Abraham to Isaac, God will provide a lamb for the sacrifice. And so they walked on together, saying nothing more. When they reached the place of the sacrifice, they built an altar, Isaac handing Abraham the stones and Abraham fitting them into place. Then Abraham carefully laid the wood on the altar. Finally, Abraham took his son in his arms, tied him with ropes, for this was the sacrifice that God had commanded. Isaac did not say a word as Abraham placed him on the altar. Abraham picked up the knife and raised it above Isaac's neck. Suddenly a voice called, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham stopped. Here I am, he answered. Do not touch your son, the voice answered. Do not hurt him in any way. At that moment, Abraham heard the bleeding of a ram caught in a nearby thicket. Abraham took the animal and offered it as a sacrifice in place of his son. Then the Lord said to Abraham, Because you were willing to sacrifice your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love dearly, I shall bless you. And because you obeyed me and trusted me, your nation will have as many people as there are stars in the sky and grains of sand on the seashore. After God spoke these words, Abraham and Isaac walked slowly down the mountain and joined the servants in the sheltered place below. Together, they made the long journey back to Beersheba. Here ends the reading. And what might have happened when their eyes met? What must Isaac have seen in his father's eyes? There must have been some manner of steely determination equaled by a sadness unparalleled. Could Isaac and Abraham have even maintained a glance for a second or two? Would Isaac have kept looking at his dad, hoping that this was some bizarre practical joke with an outcome filled with laughter at the end? Would Abraham hope to communicate through his eyes a deep love with a degree of pain wrapped in mystery? I would not have wanted to be there, but if I was, I would have wanted to see what was happening between the eyes of Abraham and Isaac? What was being communicated through those eyes? Let's stop here for a moment. I'm going to invite you to engage each other in conversation around this text. What do you think was going on in that eye contact? What was the conversation 
between Abraham and God like before Abraham went and gathered up Isaac and off they went into the land of Moriah. What was the conversation like between Abraham and Isaac on their long walk to Beersheba? Or if that's not enough to talk about, Wonder for a moment with your conversational partner what it must have been like as Isaac is now telling his mother what has just happened. Imagine then the conversation between Abraham and Sarah, and probably the hardest. How might children hear this story? chat. It's a complicated story to be certain. It is not only a complicated story, it's a rugged and awful story. It is also a story that strikes at the heart of a word that we're becoming comfortable with called vocation. God calling you into action. I place this story on the hard edge of attending to the calls of God that place where the call from God is met with a degree of incredulousness, the place where in our wrestle with God, we candidly say to God, really? You would have me do what? I can only imagine what it's like for our new presiding bishop of the ELCA, called to do a vast job as this church's CEO. You called me to do what? Or for the moment, think of our colleague Arnie Berglund, who as a pastor flies back to now tend the family at the death of his brother, and has multiple roles, and at some point to be able to lay down role of pastor and tend family, and understanding that God has called him to be brother and father and brother-in-law and friend and pastor, all of those roles in that scenario. Really? Then with a long pause, we might find ourselves saying at the call of God, we will only go with the grace of God. God blessed Abraham and Sarah with a son. God blessed Isaac to be the long-awaited one. Abraham and Sarah wrestled with the call of God. 
Isaac's life, like Ishmael, his brother, would be forever marked by the callings of God. And we, we will be no different as we listen and respond to the various callings of God. Those callings will move us into places that are complicated, confusing, revealing, inspiring, challenging, and in moments, joy overflowing. And all of these we will receive as gifts, like Abraham and Sarah did in the birth of son Isaac. We receive all of these callings from God as gift and grace. Blessed. Amen. Blessed to me, O God, my soul that comes from you. Blessed to me, O God, my body that is of the earth. Blessed to me, O God, each thing that my eyes see. Blessed to me, O God, each scent that reaches my nostrils, each taste that reaches my lips, each ray of light that guides my way. Amen. Lord, I believe that my life is touched by you, that you want something for me, that you want something of me. Give me ears to hear your voice, eyes to see the tracing of your fingers, and a heart quickened by the luring motion of your spirit. Gather us in, hold us close, and send us out. Amen. Please stand as we sing our closing hymn, We Walk by Faith.